0: We are this amazing combination of policy wonks and people, people. And so what we're going to be doing now is focusing on the people part of it all. And this is our group leader panel discussion. We're going to hear from three group leaders who are going to give us some guidance, some advice, wisdom for all volunteers. We're going to look at leadership in the broadest possible sense as we do at CCL. So I'll introduce each of them and then have them also tell that, tell us all a little bit about themselves. They're gonna be giving their story of self and as they tell their stories, I want you to all to be thinking about your own personal story of how you found your way to CCL. I have a couple of questions I'll be asking them and they'll be sharing their responses and then I'll open it up for Q&A and we'll see if we have time for some questions from all of you. So uh, with me today, is Joseph Cerniglia, who is our CCL campus co-leader at the University of Michigan. Robin Paoni, who is co-leader for Flathead Valley, Montana chapter and also state coordinator for Montana. And Marquita McGill, who is a co-leader at Dallas-Fort Worth, our chapter there in Texas. And I'll start it off with Marquita sharing her story of self, and then she'll pass it to Robin and Joseph, and then it'll come back to me for some questions. All right, Marquita.
1: Hi, Ellie. Thank you. Um, my name is Marquita McGill, as Ellie said, and I'm a co-leader of the Dallas-Fort Worth chapter, and I'm also a liaison for the uh, District 30. This month actually marks my one-year anniversary with CCL and I've been a group leader for about seven months. So if you're trying to do the math, just know I'm an overachieving volunteer. But I am really excited to be joining everyone here today and just would, again, like to thank Ellie and the team for um, inviting them to share my story. Uh, my climate journey is really a very ordinary story. I mold over how to boost myself up about sharing. Um, growing up in the Midwest, hiking, camping, loving nature, and All of that is true, but the seed of where my curiosity began um, was not what motivated me to take any action during that. Um, And just like my acceleration to becoming a group leader, my climate journey really landed at my feet, and it started with COVID-19 pandemic. I know like the most of the world was grappling with this pandemic. Um, It really brought us to a standstill and people were forced to stay indoors and it was during this time that I started to reflect on my life and the world around me. And then as I looked out my window, I noticed something strange. Um, The air was cleaner, uh, the sky was bluer, it was if nature was healing itself. And it was then that I realized that the impact that our human activities had on our environment um i started to read more about climate change and then its impact on the planet and i learned climate change is not just an environmental issue but a social and an economic one too and it's one that affects the most vulnerable communities and i felt like it was my responsibility to take action and so i was trying to figure out like how do i make a small change in my life Uh, One of those ways was I was like, how do I reduce my carbon footprint? And I'd love to say that I started using public transit, but again, it's back to COVID. I went to remote working. I'm not going back into the office, literally, um, since COVID happened. So it was just one small part or one step towards um, spreading awareness. Um, And then I started to look through um, many websites and figure out, like, how can I connect at a larger level? And I literally saw CCL, started reading a lot about all of the issue areas, and it actually went one step further, and that step further was really the um, advocating and partnering and teaching you how to lobby um, lawmakers so that we can kind of bridge that gap and start to collectively solve um, some of the issues that come our way. And so um, I'm still continuing my journey. I realize there's still a lot of work to be done. Climate change is a complex issue. It requires a collective effort to make a difference. And I'm just excited that I'm here today with you, joining hands with like-minded individuals, and um, the CCL organization to make a bigger impact. So again, thank you. And I'm gonna pause here and allow Robin to share her story.
2: Thank you, Markita. Um, Yeah, hello chapter leaders and future chapter leaders. I'm Robin Paoni. And so here's my story about how I found Citizens Climate Lobby and became a chapter leader. I grew up fishing and camping And pretty much having daily adventures in the woods uh, out the back door of my house um, in Missouri. So as a kid, I remember, you know, I was catching crayfish in the creek. I was gazing at the teeny tiny little wiggly tadpoles in a blob of wet frog eggs. (laughs) Um, I befriended many, many, many uh, box turtles with their yellow and orange dots. And I would whistle back to the cardinals and the whippoorwills. So anyway, um, I think the most memorable thing is when you catch a ring-neck snake, you need to handle it very, very gently or it will just stink up your hands. So, so many things um, I just love about the critters in the uh, woods. And so when I was in my teens in the 70s, I heard about a terrible drought and water shortage in California. And I worried, you know, what's gonna to happen to all the creatures in the woods if there was no water? So I wrote a letter to get information on what I could do. And I was so excited to get an information packet in the mail all the way from California. So immediately, all three of our the toilets in our house had bricks in the tanks to save water because of me, <laughs> and I just felt so proud of making a difference for our planet. So anyway, fast forward, past college, getting married, working, raising kids, working some more until I retired. That's when that devastating 2018 IPCC report came out and I realized that climate change was not being handled. I worried about the mountain goats, the moose, the grizzly bears in the forests of Montana. So just a few days later, a man named William Nordhaus was in the news. He was awarded the Nobel Prize in Economics for researching an effective climate solution I had never heard of, carbon pricing. So I did a Google search and I found Citizens Climate Lobby. There was a chapter in my town. I went uh, to that first meeting. Um, Before that though, I did go to Ellie's Wednesday night info session. That's where I actually signed up. (laughs) Um, So anyway, soon after I uh, went to that meeting, the chapter leader invited me out for uh, coffee and he bought me a slice of apple pie, my favorite dessert. And he said, hey, would you like to help me lead the chapter? (laughs) And oh, wow. So by then I was in my retirement. I was volunteering all around town. I really didn't know much about CCL yet, but I stepped up, he convinced me. So what I wanna, I I hope you get out of my story today is I just hope that you realize that you are good enough as you are to be a chapter leader because you bring your own will to solve climate change for the critters in the woods or for your own personal connection to our planet. The CCL family is warm and generous and loving. They helped me succeed as a chapter leader, and we will help you too. So welcome to the family. (laughs) I'd like to hand it over to Joseph.
3: My name is Joseph Cernelia, and I am the current co-lead at the University of Michigan. And um, my climate story starts a little bit unconventionally. Um, I was raised by two wonderful parents who did not believe in climate change, that in anthropogenic climate change. And so um, they were both politically involved and they taught me, you know, to really stand up for what you believe in and to work for what you believe in. Um, And so I held on to those values. And as I grew older, I got more invested in to I love science as a kid. Um, I would love reading through and just looking at all these articles and watching YouTube videos online, watching documentaries, all about this stuff. And I learned so much and climate change was the first time that I, when I was just in high school, that I formed an opinion outside of my parents. I think we all remember that time when we realized that perhaps our parents were not infallible, perfect people. Um, And I learned about this issue and it got me really upset I think for a lot of young people, um, it's hard to, you know, be so uncertain about your future and not know what's happening. Um, and it can be really hard to deal with those feelings and especially take those feelings and build them into something constructive and to try and do something with, you know, a name of a problem that's in the name. Like, how how do you change the climate? How do you do that? And uh, that takes me to my sophomore year at the University of Michigan when, you know, I was looking For some way to get involved, Um, you know, I really didn't know too much about the environmental movement. I really didn't know too much. And I stumbled upon this nice little stand with these um, two amazing people. Um, Eli was out there. He was my old chapter leader. Shout out to him. And they showed me that there was so much more to climate change than just fixing your personal carbon footprint or recycling small things like that there were ways that we like everyday people could get involved and actually make a significant difference and that's how I found CCL and that mission I fell in love with um and so now I've been with the CCL chapter at the University of Michigan for two and a half years I've been chapter co-lead for two years Um, shout out working alongside my wonderful co-lead Elizabeth and it's been really incredible after so many years to see all of the work that you put in, you know, into this giant problem and seeing real solutions, seeing bills that you and go and lobby for to your representative be out there. It's an incredible feeling. You really are changing the world. And I I really don't think that there's anything better than that. When We have so much going against us. It's incredible to see all that work pay off. And so I'm super happy to be here. Uh, thank you everyone for giving me this wonderful opportunity.
0: Awesome. Thank you. Thank all three of you. And just seeing so much love with all those little icons popping up at the bottom there. Uh, Joseph, you got me crying there at the end with your story or not at the end, but your story brought tears to my eyes. um, It's profound to find one's pathway forward, but you also got some wonderful gifts from your parents and it's lovely to see how you've woven that together in such a beautiful way. Alrighty, so questions, we've got a couple of questions. We're gonna start off with one. We have people who are new volunteers listening today. So what advice would you give to anyone who is a new volunteer? Robin, why don't you jump in? I see you're unmuted already.
2: (laughs) Sure, oh yeah. So I just strongly encourage you, There's, as you've heard today, there are so many things you can do as a volunteer. And, you know, just try everything, (laughs) Um, you know, try if you're if you want to learn how to write an LTE, which is letter to the editor, or if you want to just jump right into lobbying, um, there's endorsements. Uh, Do not be afraid to try tabling. It's actually so much fun. So I would just say, um, you know, just try everything when your chapter leader asks you to do, you know, like, hey, would you like to do this? If it doesn't quite feel right, that's okay. They're, your chapter leader will work with you to find something that's right
0: up your alley. Awesome, thank you. Marquita, go ahead.
1: Um, I would just say um, for me, like, don't allow the tenure of the chapter members to intimidate you from trying different things, right? Because I started in and literally just, I don't know, I guess it was on a faster track or faster pace, but, Um, I didn't let that stop me or deter me from jumping in where I could contribute or just wanting uh, to learn more about uh, each area, each uh, issue, um, in which you can uh, figure out where you want to contribute much like what Robin just said just don't be basically be fearless in trying all the all of these things this is a journey like you do not like have to figure out everything that you need right away just you know take your time and 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 don't you know be intimidated by it
0: awesome thank you and joseph
3: yeah so i would say for first and foremost don't get discouraged um especially student leaders, especially young volunteers, especially those young in spirit and new to the movement, the world, it moves so, so fast. And it seems like there are so many things to do. Um, And so you just got to, sometimes you got to slow down. You have to take a breath and you got to remind yourself that, you know, these massive, huge changes, you know, they don't change overnight. The issues that got us here took, Decades to come together. And so you've got to think, right, these solutions, they're not going to come together overnight. And that's OK, because it takes those really small steps to, you know, really make an impact. So don't get discouraged when the chapter build up this slow. Um, don't get discouraged if things seem to be going well and then all of a sudden they take a big pause. Um, you remember that you're in such a wonderful and really massive organization with people working all over. And that you know this is a team effort, right? So even every little step is massively important, and you should feel proud and pat yourself on the back for that.
0: Awesome, I love that, and that's a perfect transition to my next question, which is, let's uh, share a little bit uh, some of our thoughts on the difference between working alone, working solo versus working together. I know uh, when I Before I came to CCL, I felt isolated. I thought I was the only one who cared about climate change. And then all of a sudden, CCL is like, you're going to be working in this chapter of people I didn't even know. And uh, so what what are your reflections on the difference between working solo and working together? Yeah, Robin, you want to go ahead?
2: Sure. Oh, yeah. Um, Okay. It's all about working with a buddy or working on a... A group with a project um, that's where it's at. That's where you get the most enjoyment. Um, It's fun. Uh, So in my chapter, um, I'm a co-leader with two other co-leaders. We always make sure we have some sort of project coming up where we recruit people that can help in tiny ways or big ways, Um, lots of opportunity. And in fact, we are already heavily into planning our Earth Day 2024, which is going to be a great big community event. So you know, I suggest, uh, yeah, work together
1: in any way you can.
0: Awesome. And hey, Marquita, you, you're you're ready. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, no, I, I echo that, um, Robin, but there's a, a African proverb that says, if you want to go fast, go alone but if you wanna go further, go together. And so for me, I have a natural tendency for collaboration because I'm always looking at the the end game, right? And so I feel like um, the reason why we come together in the chapter is because we want some type of connection and some kind of connectivity to one another. And how do we best contribute? And then I'm always thinking about like efficiency and I think spreading the work around because I feel like sometimes you can naturally tend to have one person who's doing a lot of a lot of things. And it's like, no, we need to to be more inclusive and just start asking people like it's a volunteer thing. Let's start like working together and and helping to find those natural connections um, amongst each other in our chapter.
0: Yeah. Thank you. And Joseph.
3: Yeah. So I think it can be really easy to fall into the trap of thinking that, you know, I can do this alone. Like what's what's one more email or one more outreach presentation, one more meeting. Right. And um, one that burns you out really fast. And two, if you really want the best results, you've got to split it up and share. Um you know, working as a team, it it gives you better results because there are so many more experiences to draw from, right? Like the climate crisis is a massive global issue. And you have to think how many perspectives there are on, you know, how it affects people and the solutions to it. So, uh, you know, working together, one, when maybe you need a break, it allows your teams to step up. Um, There's so many. There's so many different strengths that people have. That's something that I was truly like awestruck by when I really got into this. There are people whose specialties are, you know, so, you know, so niche and so small, but they can do them so incredibly well that it elevates everyone else around you. There is, I got into this organization and from day one, I've had nothing to do but learn. So um, it's super important, you know. Work with those teammates, see what you can learn. We can always learn more. And the only way you're going to do that is by working together.
1: Hey, I I have one more quick thing. I just want to say that it's way more fun sharing laughs with others than by yourself. Like if you're just by yourself, there's no, there's no, the laughter is just very different that way. That
0: is, yeah. (laughs) I love this. And this is a perfect segue for our next question. Uh, And I'm going to start with you, Joseph. I know you have a good answer to this. What about social activities? What kind of social activities are you doing with your chapter? We'll go uh, we'll start with Joseph on this.
3: Yeah. So we're uh, obviously a college organization, and you know, college students, we love our social events. We love socializing. So um you know, the social aspect is critical for us. So one of the big things we do is we do a big bonfire. We try and do them every semester. Michigan's nice and cold, so gathering around the fire is always nice. We always cook up some hot cider, um, you know, and just play games, listen to music, chat by the fire. It's nice sometimes when you're in, like, the sphere to just get out and, you know, have a conversation and just, you know, the best part of this organization are the people in it, and so meeting them is just incredible.
1: Yeah, Marquita, go ahead. Um, Well, when I joined the chapter, the social activities were normally like an afternoon lunch or we gather and we socialize and just so that everybody knows we the DFW chapter is is quite large and it's quite diverse um, when it comes to age and gender and so forth and so on. And so one of the things that we're trying to do is to um, kind of get out of our seats because we were finding that those lunches was kind of bounding us to like just, you know, the person next to you, the person in front of you until you don't get to socialize or engage as much. And so we're thinking about doing some more team builder building activities that are naturally that we gravitate gravitate to that are more inert uh, nature based or like rock climbing or memory building or just kind of down the road there's some things that we're thinking about too which is happy hours with our member of congress or their staff and things like that so we're we're still kind of rebuilding our our social um engagement but it's going to be fun
0: awesome good we can't wait to hear about that and robin what are you all doing in montana <laughs>
2: Um, okay, so Markita and Joseph have some great ideas. I just took some notes. Um, yeah, so uh, I learned uh, that I got this tip from Alex Mariana. He's a chapter leader, and he says that they always have at least one social activity a month. And new members, you can immediately invite them to go do something. So, um, just like what Markita is saying, you know getting people out of their seats. So what I've been doing is having walks, just not a hike, but just a one hour walk around. We're like, we have several different towns near us. So just a one hour walk. Um, So next Saturday, we're going to be doing a walk through an all new resident, a residential area that is all electric. And we're calling it our heat pump peeping walk. so I'm looking forward to that, and then I wrote down bonfires for when we get, I mean, we already have snow on the ground, so eventually we're going to just have to do something a little simpler.
0: Bonfires sound great, Joseph. Awesome, I think I could do a little bonfire tour if I wanted to, All right, so a lot of folks might be thinking, "What happened uh, with COVID?" It certainly helped to shrink the organization a lot, and we're all trying to come back from that. I would love to hear you guys share about, you know, what are what's your experience in coming back from COVID? And Marquita, I see you ready to go.
1: Oh yeah, I thought I would kick this off just because I'm probably like less tenure. I started after COVID like was ending technically, I don't know, I'm from Texas. So I don't, I don't know when you guys, the rest of the world began COVID, but we've been in person um, for a good bit of time. But I will say that just from my observation, I will say that COVID, coming back from COVID, we've actually grown the chapter I want to say by keeping it virtual I've had so many like areas of interest because we're spread out all over DFW we're very massive in land space and so this actually works for us it's it's been a a a great equalizer and help for us in growing our chapter
0: awesome so keeping those chapter meetings virtual so people can attend and Robin Yeah. yeah let's hear from you
2: Sure. Yeah. So I, we've experienced the same thing, Marquita. We've actually grown um, since COVID because we found out that during COVID everybody learned how to use Zoom. (laughs) So um, of course us uh, tenured uh, CCLers, we already knew how, but um, so what we've been doing is having hybrid meetings and we, um, we find, I mean, and we rotate between two of our local towns here. We're such a big region here for our chapter, and um, i found that uh, new chapter members tend to join on Zoom just to kind of check us out, but then uh, we'll get them to come in person, so um, I strongly recommend learning how to do hybrid. It's just fun to see people in person, too.
3: COVID hit us like a, like a brick wall. We went from about 60 members in our chapter pre-COVID to about seven afterwards, Um, we had an entirely new leadership team. I had been in the organization for less than three months when I was elected as chapter co-lead. So we were kind of lost on, you know, how do we build up this chapter? What do we do? So us and the rest of our e-board members, we kind of sat down and we thought, you know, we looked at the community, we looked at the University of Michigan, and we asked, you know, as students, what do we what do we like to do? Like, what are we interested in? How do we form ourselves in a way that engages students and gets them involved in in this fight to you know pass climate policy? Right? How do you make climate policy super engaging for a college student? Right? Who just gets out of six hours of lecture every day? Right? And so, what we did um, is we figured out right before midterms we had and right before the midterm elections i should specify um we had a huge uh kind of music festival in our campus quad to give people information on how to register to vote Um, we helped get over 40 people registered to vote at that event and it was super cool because one it not only you know getting people registered to vote is great but it got our names out there. You know, people came and you're like, oh, CCL, you're the group that did the concert in the, in, in the Diag, in the quad. And you are like, yep, that's us. You want to hear a little bit more. And you know, those let, that was a conversation starter, which led to conversation, which led to members. Um, and I'm happy to report, we're doing a much healthier membership um, this, this past year. It takes a while, but um, Yeah learn from your community, try and find out what they need, what the climate fight means to them and get them involved.
0: Mm -hmm. I love that. That sounds like fun. You guys are fun up there at the University of Michigan. I tell you, boy, oh boy. All right. So let's talk a little bit about how to be an effective leader. And I think that can be group leader or there's lots of leadership roles within CCL chapter. So Robin, you want to kick us off on uh, your philosophy there?
2: Yeah, I just want to say that um, I've learned a lot in my uh, years of being a, a co-leader, and um, don't be afraid to give it a try. There's so much support, but there's three things that come to mind real quickly. So um, first of all, uh, just remember that people have joined Citizens Climate Lobby because they're concerned about the climate and they want to volunteer. So. Um, you know, sometimes it takes a chapter leader, Uh, you know, we try to find something for that uh, volunteers like to do. And sometimes it takes us a little bit of time to work with you to figure out what you want to do. But, um, you know, if you're a chapter leader, just, just keep asking. Um, And then on the other hand, if you're a volunteer, it is perfectly okay to say, no, that's not for me. So um, yeah, if If a chapter leader says, hey, would you like to, uh, you know, I don't know, write a letter to the editor, maybe that's just not your favorite thing. It's okay to say no. And if you can think of something that you'd like to do, of course, let your chapter leader know that. Um, And as another thing as a chapter leader, um, I'm sorry, I'm gonna go real fast, is just once you get, once a a task uh, is given to a volunteer, make sure they have all they need to do it and then just let them do it. Um that has been, you know, like Joseph was saying, that has been like the hardest thing for me is to not just do it myself, you know, let them do it. They'll they'll get it done. They are, you know, then they've accomplished something and then they're willing to do more.
0: Awesome. Love it. Marquita.
1: Um I would say um for me it's learning a bit
0: You muted.
1: Yeah. Sorry that my husband was coming through and he was yelling. Sorry. It was like a real moment. You guys, (laughs) (laughs) he didn't know that I was on call. Um, but, um, so one of the things that I learned about, um, our uh, being an effective leader is just Really understanding what the needs of the chapter is like, where are meeting people where they are, and understanding that this is a volunteer organization and not taking things personally, but helping them to develop in the area where they want to develop in, right? Like, it's not about me pushing. You know, here we need a person to do this, or we need this. It's more so of how do you want to contribute? How do you want to help? So I just take a different approach around understanding where they want to help and how they see themselves contributing, and then just taking that approach and figuring out where do you best fit? How can I best help you to get where you want to get out of this and develop as you know um, a chapter member? Right, so that's my thoughts on, on leadership and how I lead as a co-leader,
3: I will say that.
0: And then Joseph.
3: Yeah, so um, I think for me, one of the big things is you, you have to know the strengths of your team, right? Like, what are you, like, what are we working with? Working as a team together, but you know, everyone's got strengths and everyone has weaknesses. Um. I'm sure you can ask my current roommates, you know, some of my weaknesses, maybe my dishwashing ability, but, um, and you know what, sometimes my strengths are cleaning the floors. And so it's the same thing when it applies to CCL, right? What do people do well? Who, who is out there ready to go and, you know, maybe be the mouthpiece and is really good at public speaking. And, you know, who's a better writer, better equipped to write those LTEs, um, And then once you get all of that together and working together, I think the other important role of a leader is, is to try and fill in um, when there are missing elements, right? Sometimes you don't have a full team. And whether that means like being the mouthpiece and going out and talking in front of a ton of people, or if it means, you know, cleaning up trash or picking up your table after a tabling event, right? Whatever big or small task that is, it's super important that, you know, you're there to show people One, you know, not only what to do, but I think more importantly, like what needs to be done? Like, what does it mean to be a leader? You know, it means taking the lead on big and small.
0: Love that. All right. So let's jump over to the Q&A. We've got about 20 questions here. And our most popular question comes from Northfield, Minnesota. And it goes like this. Were you a leader before you joined CCL or were you surprised to find yourself in a leadership position in other words, is being a group leader kind of outside of your usual way of operating um,
1: i'll I'll jump in uh, for me I'm I am a leader outside of CCL so I think that's why I naturally ended up gradu- uh gravitating to a leadership role and helping to organize and to use like my skill set in that area but I also found myself growing as a leader from a different capacity because in my like my role at work and at home is very different than working and understanding the needs of volunteers. So I'm learning to be a more thoughtful and compassionate leader around all different types of people. So it's it's I'm still growing and as a leader in this capacity as well.
0: Lovely, thank you. Robin or Joseph, do you wanna comment? Yeah, go ahead, Robin.
2: Type in real quick. I was not a leader <laughs> and uh, I was, convinced to give it a try and i just never looked back i i'm just so grateful i was asked to be a co-leader and i'll also um just remember that we are a loving family at ccl and we want you to succeed so we will work with you we will support you there's so much information that you can read about being a leader so
0: give it a try awesome and joseph what about you
3: yeah i was um Like I mentioned before, my parents put in me a big, strong ethic about, you know, sometimes if things aren't going well, you got to step in and take charge. I was always kind of like that. I was in the Boy Scouts growing up. I was an Eagle Scout. So all of the leadership experience from that. But, you know, coming to CCL, I think one thing you learn is that there's so many different leadership takes on so many, wear so many different hats. There's so many different leadership structures. There's so many things to try out. So um, did my leadership experience help? Yes. Did I still have so much to learn and I still have a ton to learn? Absolutely. But it's definitely worth the shot to try out.
0: Awesome. Love that. All right. Our next question is, uh, what is your favorite achievement as a group leader? Go ahead, Robin.
2: Yeah. I think my... Most favorite achievement is inviting two other volunteers to be co-leaders with me. It is so much easier to have co-leaders and
0: a lot, a lot of fun. Yes. Love that. And Marquita, you?
1: Yeah, I should have jumped in first. Like, that's my achievement too, as we literally... Um, started to spread out like how our structure and it was kind of siloed for a little while and now it's literally we have more of a horizontal group leadership structure where we've created like standard operating procedures for people who, whenever you want to rotate in and out of a role, you kind of have an idea of what those responsibilities are, what that looks like. And then you always have someone who is willing to jump in and help with that. So I would say for me, that's like my um, most recent and, and best achievement so far.
0: I love that. And Joseph?
3: Yeah, I think for me, the biggest achievement I've had is, you know, finding those freshmen and sophomores, just like I was kind of nervous, not really sure what to do. And then kind of watching them grow into these incredible climate leaders. So um, it was, that's probably my top achievement. You know, you do all this work, but it's the personal level. I think that really counts at the end of the day.
0: I love that all three of you have described uh, nurturing leadership in others. How beautiful is that? Like that is a classic CCL sort of uh, quality of a of a leader in CCL is to be nurturing leadership in others. That's beautiful. All right. So Kibiru asks, have you? How have you been able to maintain cohesiveness among your team members? How do you build cohesiveness? How do you maintain cohesiveness among your chapter
1: members? Um, I really like depend on like, I'll die on the hill of slack. Like that's how we <laughs> we literally keep everybody kind of in line, but we're all, we're constantly pinging and tagging and um, texting and kind of keeping people like all together. Like that's like for cohesiveness. And then we, we one of the things that we have tried to do, I will say this, and it's not successful yet, but we started it, in, which is like helping people to like, well, we've not siloed. Like I said, we've horizontally built out our structure to where you have access to different team members for different team leads. And so it gives you a... Um, ease easily accessible way to connect with others, but then we also funnel it up to our whole team and it's like, hey, were you on this committee? How did you what's some of the summaries of what happened here and how can we best help and be effective in that way? So I would say for us um, it's a little bit of that. but we're still it's it's a growing process. I'll put it that way. It's still it's it's still progressing.
0: Awesome, thank you. Robin, go ahead.
2: Yeah, I would just say how important it is to call your uh, volunteers. Um, So uh, Marquita, I'm not on Slack. (laughs) But um, the old fashioned way is to, um, yeah, just have check-in calls. I admit it's something that gets put on the back burner. I don't do it nearly as much as I wish I did. It's always on my to-do list. Um, But it's really important to make that just one-on-one personal connection, just as a call-in, I think that builds cohesiveness.
0: Joseph.
3: Yeah, I would say, you know, connecting your members to each other, right? Like we always lead every single meeting, you know, no no matter how many times they've all seen each other with an icebreaker, with another like fun little question just to really, you know, get people to know each other as people, right? like beyond just the functional working together for a project, right? Like how do we know each other as people? How is for us, it's how's school going? Did you go to the football game Saturday? Stuff like that, but you know, it all depends on your community and you know, really fostering and building that community is key.
0: Right, love that, awesome. All right, so Debbie who's in Taiwan now, although she lives in, in Huntsville, Alabama, she's visiting family in Taiwan. She's asking about how we make space for people who don't have time for significant roles within the chapter. People who only want to do a few small intermittent things, they can't commit to letting CCL be their top priority. So how do we work with with folks with that kind of bandwidth? Yeah, Marquita.
1: I always say like my chapter does an incredible job with working with me <laughs> in that regard because my bandwidth, I'm literally sometimes at capacity. Um, but one of the things that we do is we literally, we ask. Like there was, uh, we were on a, a a chapter call last month and a very new team member was like, hey, I don't have a whole lot of time, but I have this to contribute, which is an idea. And it was just that's how we got the idea of a happy hour for one of our um, members of Congress and their staff. And it was like, why not? And We were like, yeah, that's great. You know, so sometimes it doesn't have to be um, something where you're you're in charge or something or you're tabling. It could just be an idea. It could be something to better help us run or be more efficient or effective or something along those lines. So don't discount like some of the things that you might think is too small in nature, but it could have a huge impact across the entire chapter because that contribution, um, however, you know, significant you might, or insignificant you might think it is, it could really change. It could be a game changer for everyone else. So please just continue to do that in your chapters. Like don't you know, feel like just because you don't have the time to do everything on your own, you never know how your small contribution is um, taking effect across the board. Awesome. Thank you. Robin.
2: Yeah, I just wanted to mention, also, that was really good information, Marquita, but I also wanted to mention um, our monthly actions do not take a lot of time. And uh, I have, in our chapter, we have the most awesome uh, mobilization manager, Laurel Eastman, and she just, she thanks you after you've taken that action. Um, she gives you a, such a gentle nudge if you haven't taken action yet um, for that month. And it doesn't take much time for someone to, you know, send off an email or whatever the monthly action is. So remind them of that.
3: Yeah, very, very similar to Robin. Um, we've got a ton of students and they're all involved in 10 million different things. And You know, I don't have time for this, but you know, one of our biggest success stories for our chapter is our weekly newsletter. We have over 400 people on that weekly newsletter. And we basically just we send out basic actions right every week, whether that's calling senators, or maybe that's doing something local, like have a conversation with a friend about this issue, or find a story in the news and relate it into climate change, very small little things like that to build You know, it's all about building that foundation a lot of times to build that foundation of awareness and, you know, focus around a solution. Awesome.
0: I have one last question, and this one is specifically for Joseph, and then I'm going to wrap us up. And Kelly is asking you, Joseph, did you tell your parents about your work? Kelly says, I'm 36 and still afraid to tell my parents about being a new volunteer. So talk to us a little bit about that, Joseph.
3: Yeah, so my parents are aware that um, I'm here right now and the work that I do. They um, will be watching this. I think my mom might be logged into the call right now. But um, yeah, I tell them and I'm frank and I'm honest with them. And I'm, you know, they're very supportive in the fact that I'm doing work and something that I care that I'm deeply invested in. And they really appreciate that. And I think you know, most people can appreciate someone who's principled and has that drive like that. And I'll be honest, um, I've been having conversations with them for five, six, seven years about climate change and all that work. And I I would like to say that I think, you know, it's slow progress, but slowly changing their mind. You know, I've talked to them about some of our bills, some of them, they even support, believe it or not. Um, so it takes time but, you know, if you have that in, especially with family or friends or ones you're close to being that trusted source and just continuing to talk and have a dialogue with them, Um it's super critical that's I guess the only way we're going to reach I guess that 10 percent that still doesn't believe is by having those heart-to-heart conversations and you know reminding them that we're not it's not just a bunch of crazy climate activists over here it's people just like you and me just like your son your daughter your mom your father so that's what's to remember
0: thank you so much and thank you to all three of you Joseph Marquita, and Robin We loved hearing about your experience and advice for volunteers. I'm seeing lots of applause in the little icons there. Group leaders are such an important part of CCL, and we're so grateful for your work.
2: Thank you for listening to this episode of Citizens Climate Lobby's training program. You can tune into more episodes anywhere podcasts are available. Inspired by what you heard today? Join Citizens Climate Lobby to advocate for bipartisan climate solutions. Go to community.citizensclimate.org. To find more trainings, resources, your local chapter, national action teams, discussion forums, and more. Be sure to like our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Citizens Climate. We also invite all of our listeners to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more inspiration. Like what you hear? Recommend us to your friends and make sure to give us a five-star rating. It helps us show up on other listeners' feeds. Feel free to pass on any suggestions for future episodes in the comments as well. And together,
0: we are creating the political will for a livable world.